world listeners, welcome to People of Interest, where I discuss an individual in history who strikes my curiosity. I'm Jamie Arpan, and I'm going to talk about the first Chinese-American woman to obtain a pilot's license in the United States. Her name is Hazel Yin Li, and she lived a life breaking societal norms for her own fulfillment. On August 24, 1912, Hazel Yin Li was born to Chinese immigrant parents in Portland, Oregon. At this point in time, it was the height of the Chinese Exclusion Act. Generally known for its 10-year ban on Chinese immigration, it also heavily affected those of Chinese descent already living in the United States. Federal and state courts could not grant citizenship to them, although they still held the power to deport them. Moreover, in 1902, when the ban was permanently enforced, the U.S. government added the condition that everyone of Chinese descent must obtain a certificate of residence or face deportation. Despite the demanding restrictions, both of Lee's parents were merchants living in Portland's Chinatown. The tight-knit community allowed its residents to flourish outside the mining that was typically reserved for Chinese immigrants. Additionally, there was a robust network of resources for those within the community. For example, his leading Lee, as well as other children of Chinatown residents, would attend Chinese language and culture classes after school. However, Lee pursued a multitude of activities outside of what was considered normal for a woman. She participated in a variety of sports, learned how to swim, practiced driving, and took up card playing, all of which were considered highly bizarre for a woman to take interest in, let alone participate. After graduating from Clinton Kelly High School, which is now Cleveland High School, Lee became an elevator operator at a department store in downtown Portland. However, this was only one of the two jobs available to Chinese women at the time, the other being a stockroom girl. Outside of the Chinese-American community, procuring an occupation and office work, or other positions where one can be seen, was considered a pipe dream. Nevertheless, Lee continued to pursue new interests as she grew older. In 1932, she would discover her love for flight, and through the Chinese Benevolent Society, she joined a pilot class under the instruction of Al Greenwood. In October of that year, she obtained her flying license and officially became the first Chinese-American woman to do so. Her family was rather supportive of her ambitions to fly. Her sister, Frances Lee Tong, is quoted saying, quote, Hazel just told my mother that she was going to learn how to fly. My mother said she was so ahead of her time, unquote. By the end of the year, Lee ventured off to China with two of her siblings to live with relatives. The Great Depression caused too much stress on her family to continue supporting her. During her stay, the Japanese military invaded China. She attempted to sign up for the Chinese Air Force, but they did not accept female fighter pilots. Instead of working for the Air Force, a CCP propaganda group hired Lee, where her job consisted of clerical duties. The rejection from the Chinese Air Force did not stop her from flying either. She flew for a private airline stationed in southern China. Life was pretty stable until 1937, when the Japanese army invaded once again, but this time in the region Li was living in. Instead of evacuating, she stayed put and aided other Chinese Americans in the region throughout the oppressive warfare. Once again, she attempted to join the Chinese Air Force in an effort to involve herself more, but they rejected her once again. Eventually, she escaped to Hong Kong and made her way back to the United States, where she would contribute to an organization in New York that sent military weapons and equipment to China. 
During her time in the U.S., President Roosevelt recognized the need to add women to the workforce due to the lack of men present after enlistment. One of the many initiatives he brought forward was the creation of the Women Air Force Service Pilots, better known as WASPs. Lee was 30 years old when she applied. Before she could officially fly for WASP, she needed to enter flight school again, this time at a military-sponsored flight school in Sweetwater, Texas. She entered on February 21st, 1943, and quickly graduated on August 7th that same year. After graduating, Lee's home base of operations was stationed at Romulus R Base in Michigan. Her primary responsibility was to transport fighter planes from airports to shipping facilities. Furthermore, she was uniquely trained to pilot fresh combat jets. Since she was the first to fly newly built aircrafts, she oversaw whether or not they maintained any defects. Lee and her fellow WASP members carried out transporting more than 5,000 aircrafts that eventually made their way to Alaska and the Soviet Union. Hazel Ying Lee was extremely liked by her colleagues. Frequently, she wrote some of their names or nicknames in Chinese with lipstick on the tails of various planes she flew. Moreover, her cooking was rather popular with her co-workers. When Lee landed in a new area that was unfamiliar, she typically whipped out homemade meals that she would share with everyone. However, her time in the WASP program wasn't always peaceful. She was forced to make an emergency landing in the middle of a field in Kansas when she was hauling an airplane across the country. Not knowing there were women in the military at the time, the farmer who owned the field assumed her for a Japanese pilot. With a pitchfork, he pursued her around the aircraft until she was able to identify herself and put an end to the confrontation. Afterwards, she was able to phone for assistance to receive repairs for the plane. Nevertheless, her time in WASP would come to a quick end. On November 10, 1944, while transporting a P-63 Super Cobra from the Bell factory in New York to Montana, there were a lot of uncertainties among the planes attempting to land in the middle of a busy airport. The runway had only recently been cleared due to an enormous blizzard. You see, the Montana City Great Falls served as a significant staging point for aircrafts being deployed to the Soviet Union. While Lee was making an approach, another incoming P-63 was also attempting to land. Jeff Russell, one of the pilots, had been without a functional radio for a number of days. Russell had to communicate with the other pilots he was flying with in order to let the control tower know he was missing his radio. The crew in the control tower lost track of which aircraft was missing a radio, while many aircraft circled the field waiting to land. Unfortunately, the crew thought Lee's plane did not contain the radio, and called for her to pull up, right as Russell's plane came down. The two aircrafts crashed into each other, causing a huge wreckage on the runway. Lee's body was pulled out of the wreckage by the remains of her jacket, even though it was still on fire. Two days after the accident, she would succumb to the burns and injuries she sustained. She was only 32 at the time. To her parents' devastation, her brother Victor would be killed in action just three days after her death. The parents wanted to bury their children side by side in the Riverside Cemetery in Portland, but because of their race, the cemetery officials denied them. In anger, their sister Florence wrote to President Roosevelt, forcing the graveyard to retract their previous statement and policy due to all the bad publicity they garnered. To this day, the brother-sister duo remained together in the cemetery. Hazel Ying Lee gained a multitude of honors over the past couple decades. At the time she served as a WASP, the women working were considered civilians instead of military personnel, 
which blocked them from benefits as well as military burial. It took until March 10, 2010, for Hazel and other WASP members to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor at the Gold Medal Ceremony on Capitol Hill. There are also places in Oregon where Lee and her feats are revered. In 2004, she was inducted into the Oregon Aviation Hall of Honor at the Evergreen Air Museum in McMinnville, Oregon. Additionally, at Portland State University, you can find her name on one of the stars on the Walk of Heroines. Thank you for tuning in to People of Interest. This is Jamie Arpan, signing off. Mm-hmm.